Now live and on lockdown. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, and across the globe. Worldwide, baby. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed. Going Beyond Borders podcast on Heart Song Live Radio with your host. Ladies ladies and gentlemen. Please, please welcome Fraser Ramsey. Fraser Ramsey. Hi, this is Afia Lethem from Kingdom Beads, and we are proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders on heartsonglive.co.uk. And good evening and welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. It's your Saturday night uh, and we are live. Uh, what a beautiful day it's been in Edinburgh, another day of glorious weather. And it's going to be another day, to- great day tomorrow. Unfortunately, when you've got to work in nice weather, it is frustrating. But never mind, it's got to be done. But uh, welcome. Uh, what's been happening in Edinburgh? Well, it is getting closer to, um, as I say, in two weeks' time, we will be having engaged worship at the Assembly Rooms. Uh, in Edinburgh that'll be 2018 the second one in Edinburgh second year in a row Uh, that starts at 6pm and you can kick off there's a bit of networking and chatting to people and we kick off at 7 o'clock officially uh, for some engaged worship via Hearts on Live Aloha and the team we have some great guests Uh, there'll be people Philippa Hanna Muiwa so uh, you can tune in there'll be some Facebook Lives you'll be able to see it on on Facebook and also uh, if you can make it United Edinburgh or other want to travel to the assembly rooms come and enjoy some fun with engaged worship at the assembly rooms which would be great to see there uh, if you can make it uh, but yeah and another interesting story that happened during the week in Edinburgh a, a para-Olympian who is partially sighted I have spoken about this in a few previous shows an issue with the private hire taxi drivers refusing people with guide dogs uh, this happened in Edinburgh a para-Olympian arrived in Edinburgh to visit the city because she went to get a private hire taxi and the taxi driver refused her because she had a guide dog and he made excuses he had allergies and nothing to display and thankfully because she was a bit thankfully other drivers the taxi drivers were a bit offended were horrified by this uh, she might obviously the situation got sorted the taxi driver has been suspended and under investigation which is quite right you should nobody should be suspended uh, refusing a, a person with a guide dog uh, into their taxi uh, or they it's absolutely just ridiculous as matter what they believe they shouldn't be doing a taxi driver's job in the first place if they're not going to do it so um, thankfully that has been resolved and she's hopefully enjoys her stay in, in, in Edinburgh basically so um, it's, it's not good enough in this day and age so um, but anyway welcome to the show there's some update on what's been happening in news uh, in Edinburgh and uh, we welcome our guest we've had her on I've had her on the show in our previous my previous show uh, but this time we're more instead of talking about the politics side of things what was happening in London at the time we are now talking about her and it's uh, her name is Chipo Chitiwi she's in London and uh, she's going to be talking a little bit we're going to talk about a little bit the cultural side of things of when from somebody who moved from Africa, Zimbabwe, uh, to Edinburgh and well, not Edinburgh, sorry, London, get it right, UK, <laughs> always helps, uh, to UK and the adjustment of life from being in Africa to the UK and the differences and growing up, etc. And also a, bit of the, a little bit about uh, cultural discipline uh, as well, but there'll be many uh, ways. She'll be talking about her upcoming book that she's writing as well. But we've got a nice wee insight so the, uh, to the show of what she's going to be talking about. But uh, and we'll have music from Andrew Sullivan, 
Sullivan, uh, who's an up, who's an artist in America. Uh, he's thankfully sent me his song songs, uh, so look forward to playing that. And I've also got another uh, song from Stuart Darietta, who will be forming in the Edinburgh Festival uh, from the second of August. I think it's the best part of twenty odd shows um, in the Edinburgh Fe- well, the assembly rooms in Edinburgh again. So um, that'll be great to see him, and uh, he's going to be coming in the studio to uh, be interviewed and talk about his show at the belly of a drunken piano so I look forward to um, finding out and actually seeing the show then so anyway welcome Chipo how are you doing? Hi Fraser I'm very well thank you for having me how are you? Yeah kind of uh, hot uh, to say the least uh, trying to cool the studio is warm actually it's <laughs> usually we have in the winter you kind of got the heaters on just to keep warm but now I'm actually I'm frying um, but it's, it's good though it's good <laughs> yeah, it's, you can't one extreme to another we love it that's the thing uh, Scottish yeah. weather Hey, can can I beat it? Uh, but anyway, doing good. Um, yeah, busy being a busy weekend and ready to kick off with show number six with your fine self. And uh, yay! So good. I know six shows down. This is a six show, and uh, we're rocking. We've got a great high caliber people coming on the show and going forward. Some great interviews in the, so far. Uh, you can people who are tuning in can go to the podcast. You can listen to the previous shows, uh, some great interviews. So uh, feel, um, now we have Chipo on on the line from London. So um, so tell us, tell us cult- a, bit, a little bit of cultural discipline. Tell, talk about that, a little bit of what you know and just what you've experienced yourself and um, your life, obviously, coming from Zimbabwe and moving to the UK and just how you found life in general and, and you know, what you experienced and seeing different sides from disciplining in the UK and disciplining in Africa and how they sort of crossed or interacted or didn't match? Well, <laughs> see, I I think the, I always think about this, Fraser, and I think personally for me, it was probably a lot harder to adjust to the change in not just the environment, but the culture of the country that I'd moved to because I moved here when I was a bit older. Mm-hmm. So I'd been, you know, sort of um, so used to a certain way of life, uh, a certain way of, you know, uh, uh, talking to adults, respect, you know, not that I'm saying there's no respect here, but it's it's on a different level, you know, just the way we do things. So when I moved to the UK permanently, I was just, I just turned 16 and I really struggled with just adjusting to the way things are so different here. Um, I I struggled with things like calling. When I went to college, you know, we could call our teachers by their first name. Right. And um, to be honest with you, I mean, people used to laugh at me because I struggled to do that because where I come from, it doesn't matter what level of education you're in, you're not going to call your lecturer or your, or your tutor by their first name. So that was a really big shock to me, and I just didn't understand it. I was like, well, this is an adult, you know. I've brought up to sort of refer to an adult by a title, you know, if it's not auntie or uncle or something, you know. I would never refer to an adult by their first name. So that was one of the first things that I found really weird. But just, you know, the way the greetings are, you know, it's it's hard to explain. But, you know, growing up in Zimbabwe, the way you greet an adult, whether it's good morning, good afternoon, good evening, there's a there's a difference in the way you, you say it. So for me, it was very difficult to adjust because I didn't know if I was being 
disrespectful or not because it was so different obviously at home you know it's still the same as at my like at home here in the in the uk it's the same as i would do if i was in zimbabwe but as soon as you step outside the door it's just a different kettle of fish so i really struggled with that um i i i found it hard to make friends because um you know, it, for me, it just going to the shops was a matter of permission. Mommy, please, may I go to the shop? You know, you just don't say, I'm going to the shop. Right, okay. And going, you know, it, it was a completely different kind of thing, you know, to, to sort of hang out with friends because you sort of had to, you know, make, put the request in and then wait for permission to do it and... Yeah, so I struggled a lot at the beginning. Um, I don't know if many people will be able to relate to this, but obviously, like I say, it's probably because I was a lot older and I was sort of used to a certain way of life. But I've adjusted well, and I love it here. Um, there's certain things in me that just haven't changed. I I don't refer to an adult by their first name unless, you know, it's sort of, uh, it's an environment like work. I've sort of got comfortable with that. There's no Mr. or Mrs. It's just Jane, John, Tom and Harry, you know. So um, over time, I've gotten used to it and I understand it. Um, but these are the type of things that I sort of think, you know, how how am I going to be able to teach my son things like that? You know, because he's born and raised in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um it's 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 sort of a, a matter of I often think and I I'm like I want him to be familiar with my culture and the way we do things, mm-hmm. but then how do I teach him that? It's a struggle for me. How do I teach him that in a, a country where his first language is English? Mm-hmm. But again, is that because I didn't put more effort into sort of speaking to him in my native tongue? Mm-hmm. Do you see? So it's it's a very difficult place to be. So I try to talk to him in my language now. Quite often, he understands what I'm saying, but he can't sort of respond in the language. He will respond in English. Okay. So you know, but I know it can be done because I've seen people from like different um, cultures, like Asian cultures and you know, Oriental cultures and other African cultures. Whose children are born and raised in the United Kingdom and they can speak the language. But is it a case of because the parents' first and more comfortable language is their native tongue? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what I've been doing is I've sort of been like looking around family and friends. And I have some friends from Nigeria as well who sort of had that same kind of struggle of how do we keep our children in touch with where we come from? Um whilst raising them here and um yeah so it's it's something that i'm very passionate about i want my son to be able to 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 go to zimbabwe and be comfortable there and not struggle with the culture shock because it can be very much so Mm -hmm. you know so yeah um cultural (laughs) discipline it's something that i'm looking into Um, And hopefully I'll figure it out and hopefully I'll be able to help other parents figure it out so that it's it's a thing of, you know, these kids are the next generation. Yes. These kids are the next generation of of not just the UK, they're the next generation of Zimbabwe, of Nigeria, of Ghana, of, you know, wherever you come from. Um, do, Do they lose their identity with those countries then? 
you know what I mean? Yeah. What uh, I mean, what is the kind of discipline? I'm guessing when you're in when you're before you moved here, what is the style of discipline? I mean, maybe you weren't disciplined too much because you're maybe a, I was going to say a goody two-shoes, but, uh, but maybe you're, uh, uh, you were quite well-behaved. But uh, what was the kind of discipline uh, routine in Zimbabwe or what's it like in Africa, parts of Africa? So I know there's some that can be quite strict and maybe what is it like over there to compare to here? Because obviously over here, what you do over there to what you do over here, you'd be kind of, you get away with it. you obviously well disciplined in some parts of Africa, but over here you get <clears throat> done putting, you locked up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I mean, any, anybody from any different country will tell you, you know, stuff like smacking and whatever is, is just, is, is average discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it is in Zimbabwe, but uh, less so now than it was back in the days. I mean, I I was, and I definitely was pretty teachers. <laughs> I'll take that one because I was. I was just too quiet to get into very much trouble. Mm-hmm. But it's just little things like you know, um, just a lot of children in Africa sort of avoid getting into trouble with their parents because they just know the the sort of etiquette you might mm-hmm. call it that they have to adhere to it's little things like um you know growing up it was always a case of if we had visitors um the children weren't allowed to sort of be in the same room as the adults because obviously we want to run around we want to play we want to talk you know and so do the adults so we'd go to a different room or we'd play in the garden or you know we'd you know sit and watch television whilst the adults sat and on the by the veranda porch some people call it you know or something Mm -hmm. like that so you just knew it was by default you knew if you had guests you would go in you would greet the guests um you would offer them a drink if you were old enough um and then you would make your way out of the room unless you were called by the adult. You know, then you'd go in and find out what they wanted. Not not like a servant, just a child yeah. helping out their parents. Do you know what I mean? Whilst they entertain the guests, you'd sit together, you'd eat together. Um, yes, and then you'd clear off and go off to do whatever the kids do. So there was never that um, sort of I struggle with, um, you know, having guests and having to to have two different conversations with the kids and with the adults at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So there was never that thing. We we just knew what was required of us. If we had a visitor, we would step out, we would greet them, say hello, um, and then we'd walk away and, you know, do whatever we needed to do. Just little things like that, you know. You would greet your neighbours and your neighbours had sort of like the right to, to discipline you as well if they saw you stepping out of line or being disrespectful respectful they could rebuke you you know those are the kind of kind of things that you grow up knowing how to greet an adult you know how you refer to them and stuff like that um just to avoid getting into these situations where you're smacked because it was there it did exist we used to be smacked in school as well but that doesn't exist in Zimbabwe now as well that's completely out so there's there's definitely changes in in the culture, not just for us in the UK, but for people in Zimbabwe as well, there's certain things that teachers can't do. Does that mean then that the kids are more unruly? A lot of parents say that they are. So what do we do to keep our culture the way it used to be without, you know, 
keeping with corporal punishment. I'm not really for, for, you know, smacking a child personally. I don't do it, but that's my choice. That might not be the next person's choice from Zimbabwe. So it's sort of like, where do we find that balance to keep our children in tune with their culture, whilst also acknowledging that times have moved on? Mm-hmm. You what, know, what and, was, just a question, I'm thinking... When you were, what was life like? Great, obviously in Zimbabwe. What was life like growing up in under the regime of Mugabe? If I'm entirely honest, life for me was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> back back in the eighties, nineties, life was beautiful in Zimbabwe. I loved it there. We had uh, really. I don't think we lacked for very much mm-hmm. as a country. We, we, you know, there was so much for kids to do. I never felt bored growing up. Mm-hmm. If I can say, you know, I went, my school was very good. We, we did, um, our exams were Cambridge and Oxford um, set. Okay. So we had a very brilliant education system. Um, the health service was really good. The currency was great. Um, just for me, my memory of growing up under Mugabe then, you know, without getting political about it, is I had a very good life. I, I had a very good life. I can't say I wanted for anything. Right. So, so for me, yes, it was it was beautiful. Um, unfortunate when things started to go downhill for those who experienced it. But my memory of Zimbabwe, I, I'm so fond of my country. I go back now today, and I'm like, I love this country, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's run down a bit, and you know, certain things are not as available as they used to be. It's a bit harder for those who live there permanently, but it always feels like home. That's, that's good. Yeah. Well, is it a lot? I mean, I'm guessing you've obviously got some, still got family back there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, still got family back there. Do you still find? Do, do you, how do they find it now? Under since Mugabe's gone, and you've got the new leader, do they find it better, or is it things improving going forward? Um, I I haven't heard anyone say. Definitely that things have improved or gotten better. I think it's 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 a very hard and a very long process. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think things have gotten a bit harder. Some people think things are stable. It's, it's just a matter of opinion because people look at it from different perspectives. You know, some of my family have their own stores and, they, you know, they probably think, oh, things are better now because, you know, we've not just got that. You know, there was sort of like a divide that had been created between the blacks and the whites. Mm-hmm. And with Mugabe stepping down is one of the first kind of um, transitions where we saw the white people coming back. You know, you could see them walking in town. You just saw them freely everywhere and people starting to mix a bit more. Um, so they think for them, their business is getting better because they're getting a lot more people coming in because people are, they feel more free. Mm-hmm to go out and spend their money and, you know, do business with people. Um, but then there are other people who think, well, actually nothing really has changed because we've been, we were told that this would happen and it hasn't happened. But it, it's such a country and getting things in place to change that quickly is, in my opinion, virtually impossible. Adam Nangagwa has only been there for what now? 
a few months. Yeah. It's not even a year for him, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's 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 putting a lot of pressure. I don't know if he will turn things around completely and make it better, but I hope so for my people. I hope so. You know, I dream of retiring back home and you know, this is why I'm so I'm so passionate about my culture because if if I do retire, you know, this big dream of retirement back home happens, my son and his family or you know, um they they would be coming to see me at home wherever he's living, you know, it's his choice. But he should be comfortable enough to say, Right, I'm going to Zimbabwe because I'm comfortable with it and I know the culture and I know how to deal with people and you know so yeah it's just um okay i'm guessing you've got quite a few years before you retire (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) it's a very long time away fraser unless i win the lottery (laughs) it's not gonna happen anytime soon (laughs) the way it keeps going up you might be about 80 before you retire (laughs) right i know i was thinking that the other day i was like they keep raising the retirement age. What's going to happen? We're just going to be working for the rest of my life now. Pretty much. <laughs> That's the, the way it's going. It's uh, certainly, <laughs> it's not, we're not going to be, yeah. but I suppose in a sense, retirement is a, I mean, a lot of people, there's a lot of people these days, even in the, I've seen who have retired because they've got that work ethic in them. As soon as they stop, they're lucky if they'd be surprised if they well some last depends on how they live their life but mm. I've known people who within five years that's them they've done they've they've died uh, nothing not to be cheery or anything but uh, I think some people just keep on working I mean you uh, because it keeps them sane it keeps them going it keeps them doing something rather than sitting in a in, a, in their armchair with our newspaper or something uh, mm. watching Coronation Street it kind of makes it, it gives them a bit more purpose still, just keep going but I suppose if you keep fit and healthy and it, you can keep going but retirement's a strange thing, especially if you've been working all, all your life uh, with some people and I think it's because your body's used to working, but to suddenly stop it can be a bit of a, kind of you can either just go downhill or you can thrive it just on what you're doing, you know it depends what you're doing, yeah. And it's funny you're talking about retirement and, you know, people, some people struggling with stopping and whatever. We were actually talking uh, with a cousin of mine about um, one of her great aunts mm-hmm. who's about, uh, I'm sure she said 90. 90. And oh. she's, she's still very agile, very strong. She prepares the meals for the grandkids. She's up and she's cleaning her own house. She'd much rather do that than sit down and let people do it for her because she's old and retired. She wants to keep moving. She wants to keep active. And that's sort of like the retirement dream that I have, you know. I want to be old and, you know, still doing my own things and hoping that, you know, having a lot more sun than cold. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> will help my bones, you know, keep the arthritis at bay, you know. So yeah, we could, so uh, the, the the big Zimbabwe retirement dream is is definitely in be the a potential radio host as well. You never know. The, yeah, the GTV <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what I'd talk about retiring in Zimbabwe. My fields, maybe. I hope to have a nice big field and I can grow some crops or something. Or just talk about the grandkids. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's good. So tell us a bit more about Zimbabwe because obviously you were there 16 years of your life is a fair to 
a lot, a fair chunk of your life to then suddenly up sticks and move to the UK. I mean, tell us a little bit more and then go into, you did, you, uh, you said in a pre-chat that we, you, sh- when you arrived here, you did struggle a little bit, you did get sort of bullied a little bit because of the, 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 the change. Yeah, I mean, I, the the fortunate part for me is when I moved here, um, I was very well spoken in English already because I was thinking about this actually the other day when I was thinking of your show first and I kept thinking to myself, well, how exactly did I learn how to speak my native language? I can't remember how. I can't. Mm-hmm. I never studied it at school. English was always my first language that's the language i always remember speaking in so moving here that i think sort of like made it less difficult you know when i because i moved here and straight away obviously i'm I'm just turned 16 so i've got to be in school um and i've started going to a, a local college and um it just it just felt different because um, there was a divide, and the unfortunate divide was between the Africans and the Caribbean children. Okay. You know, yeah, so it, it was very difficult because the majority of the kids there were, were Caribbean. And it ended up being that I met two girls who at the time, fortunately, had also just moved from Uganda. Okay. So we sort of kind of stuck together and became, you know, the group of friends um, because everybody else was sort of like, oh, the African kids, oh, the African kids, because their English wasn't as good. And, you know, and then it ended up being myself, the two Ugandans and two Somali kids. And, you know, (laughs) it, it was difficult to sort of make friends with anybody else in the college in the first year. But as time went on and you're in class together and you're sort of, they hear you speak and they hear that actually, you know what, you may, you may have just come from Africa, but you, you, you know what you're talking about. And, you know, you, you sound like you've had some sort of education before, because I don't know if it was just ignorance in reality or they were just being kids because kids can be nasty um you know they they started to soften up to us a bit more and we started to get comfortable and come out of our shells and talk to a lot more of the people in the school um but the first year was very difficult we literally just used to come in and sit in the same spot all the time we just had our spot. We had our spot in the classroom. We had our spot in the dining hall. Uh, we had our spot in the garden if it was during the summer hot terms. And we just stuck together so to the point where if we had different lectures, or, or I wouldn't be comfortable. I wasn't comfortable sitting on my own. Mm-hmm. I used to find it very uncomfortable. And I used I, I didn't have the guts to then get up and try and mingle with the other kids or try and have a conversation with somebody else. But the older I got and by the time we got to university and, you know, and beyond, it wasn't a problem. What did you study, of, what did you study at university? I studied accountancy and business information systems. Cool. Have you been utilising your uh, degree? I have. I've been working as an accountant since the year I graduated. So starting off from the bottom, junior accountant and trying to study to get the professional qualifications and stuff. So, um, yeah, I've just been surrounded by numbers for, for it, a good few years now. Is, 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 it true that, is it true that accountants are quite tight <laughs> with their money? <laughs> Or not? Uh, 
true. <laughs> yeah, I, I very like something for nothing in a sense. <laughs> I've, I've it's had... very, it's very true. But listen, <laughs> we're there to try and save people money, so of course we're going to be tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, we're not there to, 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 to make you spend all your money and lose money. We're uh, supposed to be helping you make more money. So we are going to be tight. And yeah, accountants are generally. Yeah. <laughs> listen, we're going to come back, uh, take a break. We're going to listen to some music. We have music from uh, Andrew Sullivan and Stuart Darietta and our usual couple of promos. Uh, we'll be coming back in the second half of the show and talking to Chipo regarding her upcoming book that she's writing and obviously what inspired her to write it and what her aim is going forward with what she wants to achieve by writing the book um, and how she wants to, what she wants to develop going forward and uh, and obviously just a bit more about her life in general uh, and it's, we've had a lot of insight to her life in going from, going from Zimbabwe to the UK um, and how just the, obviously the cultural thing, cultural difference, uh, and the changes and adapting. So, and I'll show how she wants to pass her experiences and how to teach her son, who is obviously from born in the UK, and uh, by obviously adapting him to how learning as he grows up, learning the UK style, but also uh, understanding her culture as well from when she where she was in Zimbabwe. So, we'll be back uh, after this wee break. We're going to play a song from Andrew Sullivan, upcoming artist who I've been searching a lot of artists on Periscope and the roundabouts and finding some great up and coming talent and established artists in Canada, America, and also the UK. Um, and we're looking forward to interviewing these guys at some point about their music. And also I'm looking forward to playing their music because it's great fun and a lot of them are really great people, great to chat to, and they have a passion and a drive to uh, better themselves and what they're doing. And I look forward to just keep connecting with people and uh, bringing a new style of music to you guys, the audience and the podcast, the world, to Heartsong Live, to help, as I say, we are on heartsonglive.co.uk. It's Ramsey on Unleashed, going beyond borders, and I thank you for Eloho and who created the vision of this station and how we take um, things forward from there. So we'll be back after some tunes and uh, some Stuart Darietta, Andrew Sullivan, and our usual kind of trusty promos as well. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> Someone, but he didn't know who will. He was 
Cook from the Guy Cook Report reminding you that in the dog-eat-dog world of podcasting, Ramsey Unleashed, featured on heartsonglive.co.uk, it's got to be having a leg up on the competition. Join Eloho and Heartsong in Edinburgh as worshippers gather from all across the British Isles for an uplifting and reviving evening of worship at Engage 2018, The Encounter, featuring Philippa Hanna, Mu Yiwa and River Songs, Moji Sola and Shola Okunuga. Saturday the 21st of July 2018 from 6pm to 9pm at the prestigious Assembly Rooms in Edinburgh. Doors open at 6pm for a reception hour. Tickets available on www.engageworship.net. Book your free tickets today for Engage 2018. Engage is brought to you by Heartsong Ministries in partnership with Scottish Bible Society, The Estes Company, Mission Aviation Fellowship, Unbound PR, Step Forward, Vine Juice, True Life Promotions, Care for Scotland, One Man in the Middle, Food for the Hungry, and much more. Engage 2018. One God Encounter can change everything. You're listening to Edinburgh, Scotland's must-listen-to podcast on heartsonglive.co.uk, your inspirational station. Hi, this is Afia Lethem from Kingdom Beads, and we are proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders on, on heartsonglive.co.uk. And welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders. Uh, there's a few songs. Uh, the first one I played was actually Stuart Darietta, so I clicked on the wrong one first. Uh, and then we had Andrew Sullivan uh, and Stuart Darietta will be performing in the Edinburgh Festival, uh, Sandby Rooms and George Street, exactly the same places where it engages in two weeks' time. Um, and he'll be playing the show The Belly of a Drunken Piano. He has already been sold out with Maya Leonard Cohen, which she did last year. Excuse me. And he um, he was sold out at Sydney Opera House as well. So 
looking forward to his new show but uh, we've had welcome our guest uh, and thank you we've had an insight to Chipo Chitiwi who's on the phone and thank you for being a part of the first part of the show and we're going to hear a little bit about why she's writing a book for kids and uh, the insight to that so hi how's it going you still there still surviving yeah <laughs> I am I'm right here Fraser don't worry I'm not going anywhere <laughs> did you enjoy the music until you cut me off I'm not going anywhere <laughs> uh, did, uh, did you enjoy the music do you like it I, uh, do you know what? I really enjoyed that second song, but I didn't catch who it's by. The, the second one was Andrew Sullivan. Uh, the first one was Stuart Darietta, who's an Australian singer. Uh, and he's, his voice is very deep, but he is, when you hear it, the more you listen to it, he's very good singing. It's just a deep style of voice, but it's very, very good. Uh, and it's very catchy, but a great, great art, yeah, great, great music. Yeah. Andrew Sullivan, yeah. who I happen just to be, I, look, I found in Periscope, actually, he was p- performing away, and I just... To, uh, tweeted out his performance and connected with him and went from there he sent me a whole lot of songs so I've got some more oh, got a wow. few tunes awesome. to play which is awesome. good so it's great That's he's, uh, he's in America and I've got some Canadian artists I've got country I've got country kind of like your sort of Carrie Underwood style music it's, mm. but, uh, but all good yeah great artists great music and uh, some of them who are music I've played they're the, the Canadian ones they're going to be performing a big massive festival in Sass I can't even pronounce it place in Canada but uh, <laughs> Sass ones oh, I'm not going to try I'm going to make an idiot of it myself trying to say it but um yeah, they've got a big gig and they've got some, they're playing alongside some a lot of big artists as well in there. So a big festival in Canada, which should be great. So great for them, and uh, hopefully they have a fantastic gig. So uh, we'll, we'll get more music and more artists as well. It's all good. So anyway, tell us a little bit about this book that you're writing and why you're writing it and what you plan to do with it. And apart from reading it, but <laughs> but just hey, go go ahead, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. So um, I'll give you a bit of background into this story. So it actually came about um, uh, through some friends of mine. Like I said, I've got some Nigerian friends who are also very passionate about their culture. And uh, they was, you know, sort of worried about how um, a lot of the younger generation don't even know how to speak the native language. So they started this thing called the Nigeria Culture culture kid and what they do is they basically uh, have a very child-friendly thing where they teach them the words the meanings of names and stuff like that and in conversation they sort of threw the idea at me and they were like uh, why don't you do the same for Zimbabwean children why don't you you know sort of build a platform or do something that will help them sort of you know the kids who are not born there necessarily identify back with where their parents are from they might then find it interesting to you know get to know their culture so this is the reason why i'm writing this self-titled book called chipo now the reason it's self-titled and called chipo is because that's my first name yes but the word chipo actually means a gift okay yeah so this is like my gift to the younger generation this is my gift to you know my culture this is a a gift to sort of my upbringing and sharing it in a fun kind of way so it's telling yes um there's a mixture of fiction and reality mm-hmm. <laughs> in the book so it's not going to be um it's going to I'm hoping to do a three part series Mm-hmm. to the book so it will go from my early years to the middle years and then to the years where i kind of move here mm-hmm. um but also very keeping up with the culture and i'm going to be sort of using a lot of 
um, traditional words in the book. So ultimately, initially, it will be targeted towards, you know, Zimbabweans and um their their families but then you know we we're cross-culturing now aren't we we're marrying yes. different cultures different nationalities and it might then help sort of you know i've got cousins who are married to english people it might then help the english people kind of find out a bit more about where their partners come from do you know and mm-hmm. understand them better so that's 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 what i'm hoping to do with the book is to sort of bring the language back into being something that's exciting to learn because i love speaking my language and i'll tell you something about that fraser mm-hmm. growing up i enjoyed speaking english more than i did my language mm-hmm. having moved to the uk is when I sort of realized that actually there's so much beauty in my language. It's then that I sort of started to really put more effort into speaking it more and, you know, to really understand. Because for myself, like I said, I never studied it. And I always wondered, how did I learn it? Obviously, I must have learned it because the adults used to speak to me in it at home. Um, But I never really knew the meanings of loads of words. And even though I was a cultured kid, I didn't know my language. And my language is so rich and so vibrant and just you know when when you say things in my language there's music to it as far right. as i'm okay. concerned you know Obviously, so I, just, I just want to share that song and you know teach kids you know the songs that we grew up singing we sing them now as adults and we have such a a, a lovely time doing it and we're like how did we even come up with those songs who did it you know like what do they mean and it always brings such joy to sort of the the, the my generation to just to talk about you know the songs we used to sing when we were growing up the traditional songs and the stories we used to hear it always makes people smile so i sort of want to bring that out to our kids to the new generation the next generation and you know kind of you know get the adults sort of sharing with us their stories as well and putting them into the book as part of you know the storytelling so that's really the reason i'm writing the book is to just get people reconnected with our culture but mainly the kids so that they can sort of see you know where mommy and daddy come from and why zimbabwe is not so ancient and you know i know my son loves it when we go there he absolutely loves it um he cries every time we have to come back to the uk (laughs) you know and then he gets here and two days later he's like uh, can we go back yeah we we will so so because i've i've sort of realized that you know he he understands the differences and he sometimes says well mommy why don't you speak to me more in your language you know i know what this means mommy and i know what this means mommy and i can give him instructions and he'll follow because he knows what i mean you know and i thought well you know what there's a beauty here because we're connecting on on, on such a deep level because now he understands me and who I am as his mother, where I've come from, you know, and hopefully then you know, it will help him to sort of be a, a, a lot more cultured uh, in both parts of the world and just to, to just love 
you know, Africa as a whole, Zimbabwe, Africa, anywhere, and to travel, you know? The words that I know, the only ones I know, because I, well, my, one of my, one of my ex-girlfriends was Zimbabwean, <laughs> so, uh, the only one, the, the important words when you're dating somebody from Zimbabwe is, of, uh, is ones, I suppose you, uh, you can greet people, Manguanani, uh, there's Muscati, Minero, obviously that's your morning, afternoon, evening, uh, Dunokuda, if you say I love you, basically, uh, Wakanaka, or you're beautiful, Wakaneta, you're tired, Iwe, uh, Mudiwa, that kind of thing. That's how what I know, and what I seem to have kind of I don't seem to have forgotten it very easily. And that's been over ten years now, which is quite bizarre. <laughs> Time flies, you know, still in my head. Really, do you know what? If if you'd carried on learning over ten years, I can guarantee you, you could probably have a basic conversation in Shona. <laughs> yeah, in Shona. <laughs> Because your pronunciation for somebody who's who learned this ten years ago is mm. quite good. Mm. So yeah, because I, I knew exactly what you were saying. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's brilliant. This is it. This it's so easy to learn, and you just it, it's what a, you know. I I take my son to Zimbabwe. And even though he can't speak the language, mm-hmm. he knows those greetings, Mangwanani, Masikati, Maneru. And that puts such a smile on my grandparents' face. They love it. Yeah. Because to them, he's already shown them the, the highest sort of level of respect yeah. in the morning and the afternoon and the evening. Yeah. You know, Tatenda, thank you. You know, Maita is also thank you. You know, just... It's little things like that, and they smile, they love it. They're like, "Oh, this British child, he can say this," and you know. And this is what I want, you know, to put a smile on people's faces because they love it. You oh, know, yeah. when I speak to my, when I used to speak to my son in the beginning in my language, he'd be like, "Oh, mommy, I just don't know what you're saying. Oh, mommy, I just don't know what you're saying." And over time, because I just kept doing it. He started to know what I was saying. He started to understand what I was saying. And every now and again, you know, as a joke, he'll just go, Iwe, you know, which which, which isn't, it's, it's, you know, it, it isn't that bad a word. It's, it's quite a funny word, you know, <laughs> and it's used in different ways because I, I, he keeps saying to me, what does Iwe mean? And I'm like, well, Iwe just means you, but it depends on the tone you put to the words. It could be like, Oh, I'm watching you. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just it, the one word can mean so many different things depending on the tone you put to it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a beautiful language. It's so, musical to me. So, so do not uh, just clear my undying love for Chipo Chitiwi and do not kuda. It's not the ice down when I am joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just engaged for a laugh. <laughs> Not for a laugh. So I've just made my love, undying love for Chipo and my guest on the radio, live on radio. Thank you. <laughs> In our own language, just to make it easier. <laughs> so if you, you might as well start gathering the cows now, Fraser. I know. I'm much, I know. I, I know. I have to buy like a herd of cows. I have to sort of pass a few fields and offload them. And so there's quite, everywhere I drive home, there's a, quite a few fields of cows. I'm not sure if the farmer would notice if I nicked a few. <laughs> And just said, oh, here's the, um, I just, he's missing a few when he herds them in. If you're discreet enough, you could probably get a few sheep as well. <laughs> so what the heck am I going to do with a sheep? <laughs> I hear they've got loads up in the Scottish Highlands. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that one. 
yeah. Uh, I don't want to know what they do with sheep up there. We'll leave that one there. Um, but uh, yeah, moving on <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so tell us. In fact, give me two seconds. Before you tell us what your plans are going forward with your book uh, and what your uh, your goals are for the future, and uh, we will take a very, very, very quick promo of the boss of the station, Arise with Aloha. So if you're bored, if you're up at 7 o'clock in the morning, Monday to Friday, you can tune in to this. Join Aloha every weekday morning from 7am to 8am for Arise with Aloha on your number one online Christian radio station. Heartfelt Live Radio. Hashtag Arise with Aloha. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders on heartsonglive.co.uk, your inspirational station. And welcome back. We're here. So, uh, Minero, uh, good evening, whatever you are. And just in case you don't know what I'm speaking, um, just uh, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so Chip, tell us what you're um, doing with your future, what your plans are with this book, what your aims are. As I say, you've got three, uh, you're going to do a three volume section of this book, but uh, insight going forward, what's your thoughts? Well, Teresa, I, um, my goal, my biggest goal is to just succeed in whatever I put my mind to. Now, I'm not going to put pressure on myself and say, this is what I want to do. I'm sort of taking it baby steps at a time because I've I've actually got a very big personal goal, which is um, just completing a few more chartered professional accounting exams. Mm-hmm. Just um, personally, something I've always wanted to do for my career, but it's been a start, stop, start, stop thing. And, you know, sometimes you think I can't do it anymore. So that's one of my goals there. Um, but obviously the book is a goal and uh, just to sort of um, just impact a lot more families, parents and their children. I love working with mothers because I find that mothers are very powerful and that's my passion, as you know, working with mums, mm-hmm. single mums especially, um, but any mother really. So I'm hoping to, you know, once the book is out, um, to sort of have a few more um, sort of a, a mother and child dinner. I've got that plan. Um, I don't know if you watched uh, <laughs> uh, Lynn's anniversary thing where I was saying, oh, I've got something big happening. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's going to be that um, a mother and child dinner uh, where we sort of like address a lot of the things that we all want to talk about um, mental health in our children, education, um, you know, cultural differences, anything um, just to open it up to all parents so that they um, sort of connect better. You know, we need to um, just take care of our kids but to also show them the fun side of life. So it's going to be a nice fun dinner and and um, just, yeah, hopefully get that going and just get connecting, networking a bit more, learning a bit more about being a parent. It's not easy. It's a hard, it, there's no manual that could teach you how to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so just sharing, sharing, you know, creating environments, situations, conferences, workshops where I can sort of connect with mothers and we can just share our good times and bad times and just kind of help each other move along and raise some 
awesome and amazing kids. That's ultimately what every mother wants. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we will be looking forward to, in the future, having Chip on the show again, or Chipo, as a Chip for short. Um, but uh, we're looking to have her on the show once the book has been completed, if not all three volumes, and able to talk about the books and the success of the book, uh, which will be great, and where people can buy it. Um, so we look forward to the completion and talking about that in the future and how she, how the book is impacting uh, kids that's reading the book and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and just having her on again in general because uh, just to talk about stuff that she's passionate about she's passionate about a lot of things and uh, it's good to just uh, listen and ch- have a nice wee chit chat on the radio on a Saturday night um, which is good and it's been great fun just to hear a lot about the cultural side of things and the, the changes of life growing up and how to adapt and how she's teaching her own son and, and obviously the, he wants to go back to Zimbabwe uh, and doesn't want to leave really but wants to go there and stay and say, right, I'm missing the plane. Mum, I ain't coming back. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just missing child. Sorry, Mum, I'm hiding. Come and find me. <laughs> so, um, yes, so it's all good to hear the, uh, the great insight to uh, her and her son and how she's uh, teaching him and how she, the, her her values, etc., etc. So it's been really good fun. So thank you for being on the show again. Thank you for on my on the show again in a sense, but on the new show, The Rebrand, the, the Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders. We're going beyond borders to England. She is, uh, and we technically Zimbabwe in a sense uh, tonight. So uh, we yeah. have, um, but as I say, we are proud to be sponsored by ephialetham.com, who is Kingdom Beads. So if you like, if you have a, you're like your colours of your flag, and since if you're English, you'll be kind of happy. Uh, you might want a red and white Kingdom Beads bracelet to uh, kind of to wear you can men and ladies uh, or if you're Zimbabwean colours what are Zimbabwean colours again uh, what, are they, what are the Zimbabwean colours uh, red uh, yellow black white okay. but we don't call it yellow we say gold but it's okay, gold. so if you want to get a Zimbabwean green as well in green yeah. there we go so if you want to get a Kingdom Beads Zimbabwean bracelet made go to ephialetham.com and she'll sort you out no problem uh, and go from there uh, especially if you're to model your own colours of your nationality but in, anyway uh, thank you again for being on the show Chip um, thank you it's been great to have you and great to chat and have a great rest of your weekend and great evening and we will uh, obviously catch up with you later so everyone who's been listening thank you and tune in next week for another show we'll have Chris Angelis uh, an artist uh, from America, uh, who will be talking about her music, and uh, I think she's got she has a song that she's launching as well. So she'll be talking about that, uh, and we'll be and how yeah, it's a bit nice we chit chat again. It should be great. But as I say, two weeks time, engage seven rooms, George Street, Edinburgh. Look forward to seeing you there. If you be there or be square, I will speak to you soon. Thanks very much, Rayla. Okay, I'll speak to you in a second, just after I've gone off here. <laughs>